Welcome to the For Your Soul Podcast, a podcast for your soul. Welcome to the For Your Soul podcast, a podcast for your soul, of where we seek to equip the church with sound doctrine and biblical truth. I am your host, uh, Milton Quintanilla, and, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Daniel Tanjuaco. Hey guys, how you doing? Daniel, how are you? Nice to see you, Milton. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, man. Uh, you ready for today's episode? Oh, yeah. I was, uh, yeah, the snow is coming down and it was a long day traveling, but I'm ready for some For Your Soul. Same here, man. Definitely, man. We're picking up on our last episode, which was about a call to discernment. In that episode, I highlighted how many churches today are not practicing discernment. Pastors aren't really teaching discernment. And as a result, many, many believers are falling away. Maybe they leave the faith or many or perhaps some end up compromising and they adapt to false doctrine. And yeah, it's a really serious issue, especially as we know that as Jesus is expected to return soon, we know that things are only going to get worse and worse. And and sometimes it's very hard for us, you know, as Christians who do who, who do want biblical truth to really find a church that upholds to that, you know? Definitely. And um, like you said, it's something that's, you know, dear to our hearts as, you know, for all, every believer, it should be uh, something very important because, you know, when the word says, right, in these last days, many will fall, you know, fall from the faith and will grow cold. So we as uh, as children of God continue to have to seek the Lord in truth, right, mm-hmm. in spirit and truth. And um, as we're moving forward today, as Milton's going to speak about, we're going to share some I guess some experiences in regards to our discernment and how that came about, which should be interesting and yeah, definitely can't wait for what it, what I can do. Right. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, well, today's going to be more on the practical side. First part was more informational. This one will be more about, you know, how can, how can we build the sermon as Christians? Because it's definitely not just something, you know, inherent, even though Bible does call us to act as God for discernment, mm-hmm. uh, at the same time, you know, we're called to practice that on our own. And uh, I'm going to provide uh, three different ways in which we can do that. So the first point is discernment primarily primarily comes through knowing God through Jesus Christ. Uh, point number two, discernment is a skill that is developed through equipping oneself in God's word. And number three, discernment is to be prayed for. Amen. Okay, so we'll begin uh, with number one, which is discernment primarily comes through knowing God through Jesus Christ. And uh, this is this is obvious, right? Because prior to knowing God, Right. You know, the Bible says that we were uh, in spiritual darkness. You know, we lived in the flesh. And when it came to God, we were naturally hostile to God. Right. The Bible says that we we've all turned away and none have has sought after God. And as a result, we pretty much lived in, in sin. But then, of course, you know, through Jesus Christ, who through his sacrifice, atoning death and resurrection, uh, we are given a new life. And through the Holy Spirit, uh, we are regenerated and we are we are awakened to God. And now we can actually, number one, know God in relationship, but also we are able to to build discernment because now we recognize that not only were we a sinful people before Christ, but also that we are, we are you know, we live in a sinful world. Yeah, that's true. You know, and there's a lot of corruption, oh, yeah. a lot of people. And then, of course, now and then in the church, you know, a lot of deception. And that's why it's like, if we're going to come as Christians to, to have discernment, we have to 
you know, first and foremost, come to know God and continually do so, right? You know, because we don't, we don't it's not just a one-time thing. We know that a relationship is, is ongoing. Yeah, so true. So true. And, you know, I just want to add to that, like, mm-hmm. in, in regards to a relationship, right? Uh, we know the sinner's prayer. We all say that, you know, when we went to church and said, Lord, you know, we accept you, you know, come into our hearts and all that good stuff, right? But it doesn't mm-hmm. end. A relationship is something that, you know, is maintained and, you know, in constant seeking the Lord, you know, finding him, right? That's why it says in the Bible, I'm, you know, day and night, I meditate in your word, you know, that, may not, that I may not sin against you. But yeah. All these beautiful things that we read in the Bible to know about who he is, like, you know, when, you know, we say, we, we quote John 1.1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with god the word was god yeah so the only way to know him right is reading his reading the bible his words and everything is there for us given to us but i think today's you know societies like we, we, we spoke about before how we want something new right like the bible is mm-hmm. so yeah exactly. but like the bible is the same yesterday today and forever right mm-hmm. our words will never pass but you know heaven and earth may fade away but my words the bible never fades it's eternal so that's important as well. Yeah, uh, it's definitely a, it's a good point. I think it, it reminds you of like uh, how, you know, remember when Eve was tempted in the garden to eat the fruit? Yeah. By saying, uh, you know, and the Bible says, oh, that the fruit, it, it seemed, it looked, it looked good. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, good you know, and I feel like that's kind of like the same thing when it comes uh, to, you know, false, false teaching, right? Any, mm-hmm. you know, thing that presents himself as something that's just, you know, mind blowing and, and, you know, and this revelational teaching that perhaps it's not in the bible right but but for many believers they'll say wow that actually sounds really interesting like why do we need to just why do we need to conform ourselves to this book when we when we can like go beyond the scriptures as some of some preachers have taught we know it's very dangerous because then it's like there's no limit oh yeah there's no boundary Mm. it's just it's it's anything goes yeah there's always that kind of like that gray line right when you mix Christianity with kind of like the world, right? But the Bible says, you know, you can't serve two masters. You either mm-hmm. serve God or you serve money. And money isn't necessarily like, in general, just like money itself, but like things of the world, like mm-hmm. you know, flashy, right? You know, a lot of churches kind of like try to draw attention from, you know, they'll, they'll even have like surveys and stuff of, around the, yeah. like, just to see what you go, what, what do you want to see in a church, right? Rather than what God wants to see in a church. Oh, <laughs> that's crazy. I've, I've heard about that. You know, it's like mm-hmm. how certain churches will like distribute a survey mm-hmm. and say, what would you like? I mean, I've never encountered that personally. I've, I've actually, I've had seen my, my brother who lives in Nebraska. Really? Uh, he was attending a church like that for a little, little bit. And he, okay. he was told to like go to every, you know, like kind of like how the trouble witnesses go out and kind of like minister their word mm-hmm. this was kind of the sense of you know we're, we're a new church opening up down, up the block and we just want to see like what are you into like you know more concert-based service or uh, i guess a bigger ministry for children like a children's ministry like things like that right. they're not bad but right are they focused on christ or are you just appealing to the crowd to get their you know see more seats in the house of god rather than you know let the word of god be the source yeah yeah, you know, and you know what that does? It does ultimately really, it's more geared to serve man instead of God. Like you yeah. said, you know, no man can serve to masters. And as a result, we end up letting the church, the church ends up serving men for the sake of appealing to their flesh. Yes. And uh, and it's a very, it's a very man-centered approach, whereas God has given us a divine approach, you know, a divine mm-hmm. means. Yeah. The word of God is is God-breathed, as the, the word says. So we, 
we definitely affirm that it is far beyond our, our imagination, our ideas. Rather, it is super, there's supernatural words that through the Holy Spirit that renews our hearts, uh, it renews our minds. Oh, yeah. And actually informs us what biblical truth is. And, mm-hmm. you know, you may not like it at first, right? Because it may maybe confront you on a sin or whatever. But at the same time, we recognize that that's God's way of pruning us or sanctifying us. You know, so it's very important that we get back to God's word first so that we would know God. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's true. So yeah, that's our, our first point. Our second point is how the sermon is a skill that is developed through equipping uh, yourself through uh, God's word. And I have uh, a few uh, scriptures here that I'm going to read. First, a very well-known verse, mm-hmm. uh, Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active. Amen. You see that already, you know, it's alive and active. There's nothing dead, it's nothing, you know, uh, impersonal. Like, this is something that, that's real and it's vibrant. So the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, wow. joints wow. And, and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Mm-hmm. So even the Word, like, has a way of discerning even our, our attitudes. And when we read the Word, that's why we, we end up getting convicted or we, you know, our hearts is... You know, it, it, it makes us consider ourselves because the word of God is it's like a mirror, right? It allows us to look at ourselves, right? James kind of warns us about that too, right? Where we, if we, what is it? If we read the word and not do them, it's like we look in a mirror, mm-hmm. but you know, we forget what we look like. Oh, you know? wow. And uh, our approach to the word is, is in a sense, we come to, to this mirror, that's the word, to expose our hearts, to expose our attitudes, and then realign ourselves into, into God's will because it's not about us. It's about God. So that's the first verse that I have here. The second verse, uh, which is also from Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, it says here, but solid food is for the mature, Mm. who by constant use have trained themselves, okay, to Mm. distinguish good from evil. So we see that. So first of all, if you really want to be a mature Christian, you have to get into the word because that's it's solid food it's not milk or or baby food it's it's solid food that is meant to equip you you know in order to distinguish good and evil so you know you have all these christians who want to say oh well i need some other kind of revelation or other experience like we were just talking about but because they're not training themselves first and foremost in the word you know not only do they fail to distinguish themselves from good and evil they fail to grow in maturity you know, and that's why you see a lot of Christians today that despite yeah. despite years and years in church, they're still babies. Mm. You know? like <laughs> to put it frankly. In the same, you said Hebrews 5.14, if you read prior to that in verse 12, it says, in fact, though, by this time you ought to be teachers, right? Oh, yes. Someone uh-huh. to teach you the elementary truths of God's word again. So that's mm. the milk, which is, you know, the gospel, right? When you're first saved, you know about the gospel, you know, what God has done for us when, when he sent his son to die for us. Mm-hmm. But the same people that, like you said, they've been there for many years. Mm-hmm. They're still living off the milk, but there's no roots. Like the kind of like the the parables of the seeds, right? They oh, have, yes. they, they only have such a, a minimal amount, but when the troubles of life come, mm-hmm. they're, and they're like, oh, what happened? God, why did you do this? Right? You like, kind of question God's God's will. Well, that's why it says in what we said part 14 right the mature mm-hmm. right to train yourself to distinguish what good and evil is so i think yeah. that's important as well like there's a lot of christians you know whether you know oh, yeah. mega churches and stuff but i for me personally i believe like i was one of them so i can say that there's just a lot of infants which is our feeding off the milk it's, we want the meat. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an unfortunate uh, reality, you know, and uh, especially that many, yeah, they they choose to ignore it and neglect it altogether. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, in that same chapter in Hebrews five, you know, uh, the author of, of Hebrews is basically just trying to, you know, remind uh, his audience, you know, about the gospel and that you know they're saved, they're justified by faith, but many of them are uh, turning back to their old ways, and which is believed to be a part of the Judaizers. Mm-hmm. A group that you know they believe in more of a salvation by works type of message, and they, and the author was like, no, like you've been free, you've been set free in Christ, you know, like we are to stay away from that, you know, because a lot of people were they still didn't get the foundation, like you said, they don't get they don't go beyond the basics, you know, apart from not really appreciating it, uh, yeah. which goes to show like there's really uh, just little to no value on on the word of God, yeah. you know. I I, I think personally for me, like when I wasn't as devoted to the word of God as I was now I am now mm-hmm. I felt like I kind of took priorities in like in the sense of what what was more important in my life at the moment mm, okay maybe so, it could be a career it could be school it could be relationships you know even just even like video games like I like video I like video games right we like video right. games even that mm-hmm. can be not priority but like so mm-hmm. we have the milk when you're first saved and then we kind of like roll on that but we never grow because we never mm-hmm. appreciate it. as you said, right? Appreciating the word for God, what it is. Yeah. And just realizing that is the most important thing in our life, just yeah. to grow in him and love him and know him by his word, evidently. Yeah. So when you read the Bible, was it only towards like certain verses, you know, <laughs> passages that, you know, were appealing to you ba- based oh, yeah. on wh- whatever need you had at the time? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, the famous one I was telling my mom just, just now, like Jeremiah 29, 11, right? You know, mm-hmm. I have plans for you, plans to prosper you, all those things like yeah, like the prosperity preaching and that the seeker friendly, you know, preaching that I was into like, yeah, you know, God's gonna bless me, you know, God's gonna give me a, a Benz, you know, a nice house, picket fence, all that good stuff. I'm never gonna get sick. And you know, lo and behold, you know, I've been through so much, like I would say not bad things, but things that have kind of stirred my faith mm, in the past okay. because I wasn't as rooted as I am now. And I realize God allows those things because that all these things are fading away. But his source of peace and joy and righteousness, holiness, it costs, I mean, it weighs out like, you know, kind of like what life is compared to his glory, right? This is his glory and this is like life for me. And I'm like, all those things are passing, but everlasting life in Christ is wonderful. But yeah, yeah definitely. I definitely remember when I was younger in the faith. Yeah, same I here. Like, I, nice verses. <laughs> the nice yeah, verse. same here. I definitely had the uh, same feeling whether like if I was feeling down and I would go to certain passages like uh, mm-hmm. like a Psalm 23, you know, oh, like, wow. beautiful psalm. And, and of course, uh, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things to Christ who gives oh. me strength. And early in my walk, one misconception I had was that, well, now that I'm in Christ, I felt like I would be, well, I know not perfect, but I would be like free of my problems, you know, mm-hmm. in life. You know, I thought like I wouldn't, I wouldn't really struggle as as bad as before. But in reality, no, it's actually, it's actually worse when you come to, <laughs> you know, because now it's like you have to like not only deal with the world, but you also have to deal with yourself, your flesh. You yeah. know, which you know we know it's a battle every day. My knowledge of the word also was pretty bad. I mean, very, very poor. Uh, I remember even when I first read um Romans two twelve, right, where it calls us, you know, to renew our minds. Right. Uh, I actually thought that was something that was instantaneous. Mm. So like, I'll be like, God, I pray that you would just renew my mind, you know, and my (laughs) mind would just, I would just have like this spontaneous revelation 
wisdom in, in my mind because I, yeah. at the time, you know, I, I was really uh, down on myself and I was asking God for wisdom because I, you know, I looked at myself and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm stupid. I'm dumb. Like I really wanted God to just fill me with wisdom. That way, you know, I knew I would know how to navigate more through life, mm-hmm. have my best life now. Mm-hmm. You know? And, uh, you know, over time, I recognized that it was definitely not the case. I mean, for a lot of Christians, it's it's that way. You know, they think by coming to Christ, like Christ would meet them according to certain needs that we, you know, that we may have. And of course, yeah, we know that God, he takes our prayers into account. And at times, yeah, even answers our prayers. But then at the same time, you know, uh, ultimately, you know, it's really about conforming to his will. Mm-hmm. And when we practice discernment, that's really, you know, we're learning to know his will even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely important as believers to know that it's not wrong to look at these verses. Like, right, yeah, exactly. God, like, we all need encouragement from the word of God, of course. And, you know, those scriptures are beautiful in itself. Yeah, yes. But, you know, we need to know the whole the whole, whole, whole aspect of the Bible, to know yeah, we, the whole aspect of Christ, you know, the, the attributes of God. And I know you always tell me that to know him, you know, attributes are important. Yeah. It goes yeah. with, you know, God is love, of course. God is just. God, God is love. order. So all these things that we, we apply to our life helps us discern the daily life, right? We're not here to like judge outwardly, like I'm gonna judge you, but we're being careful, right? You know, who we yeah. look like. If someone, you know, calls a Christian, but we discern what God's given us discernment to see their lifestyle mm-hmm. is not aligned with his will, we have to come to question, right? They're not perfect, but it's also our duty to help them call it out for what it is. And it is sin. Yes, yeah, true. Doing it in love and patience and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm still learning that we're both like you know, we're still young and like in age, but I think sure. we'll have regrets as we learn to to love our neighbor as ourselves intentionally right that's the best way because when the bible says i believe when one is saved from i guess from sin mm-hmm. drawn back to the light like mm-hmm. heaven rejoices i don't know but something like that but evidently it means you don't want your brother to fall into sin and that's what the sermon helps us to see that yeah so yeah that's a good point you know we're not it's more than just you know the sermon you know the whole point of it is not just simply so that we would have puff ourselves up with knowledge, but that we may share that knowledge, yeah. you know, with, with each other. And that's why it's essential that pastors are God's chosen uh, people to yeah. leaders, you know, to be able to to share his word and to help the congregation, the flock to understand discernment. Because if not, then people are just going to go by whatever is being taught yeah. and not everything being taught is really biblical. Mm. You know, So you got to have a, a foundation, which is God's word. You know, and uh, and mm-hmm. I know I just mentioned uh, Romans 12 too, but uh, just to reiterate it again, you know, we need God's word to, you know, number one, to renew our minds mm-hmm. so that we may know the will of God. In Jesus' uh, high priestly prayer in John 17, mm-hmm. uh, he says here in verse 17, he says, you know, I pray that we may, that they, right, the church, uh, the, well, he was talking about the Sabbath, but also, you know, can apply to us too. Uh, the mm-hmm. church would be sanctified in truth because his word is truth. We know um, Ephesians 5.26 talks about uh, the bride, which is the, the church being washed by the water of the word. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, uh, when Jesus battled Satan in the desert, right, when he was tempted, he told Satan, you know, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And remember, that's, and remember that was Jesus. You know, he was in the desert. He was tempted. And just as Jesus himself used the word, who are we not to use the word? You know, mm-hmm. or are we to think that, well, somehow it's not enough yeah. and we have to look beyond it. That's no longer discerning. Mm. Like even in Proverbs, right? 
I believe it's in chapter nine that talks about how uh, wisdom is like it's like a woman that is like calling to you. Oh, no. There's two women. One of them is wisdom, and the other one's folly. You know, and they're both distinguished. The point is, like, you end up chasing one side or the other. If you're not growing in the sermon, if you're not growing in wisdom, guess what? You're gonna grow. You're gonna go the other way. You're gonna end oh, up yeah. growing in folly and in in deception. Yeah. You know, whether it's your whether it's how you live your life to what you listen to. Mm, wow. Yeah. yeah. I like Any words that. to that? Um, it's like I heard this phrase, like, you know, why does God allow evil in this world and stuff? Okay. And okay. I don't know if you heard that that phrase, but it's like I think the speaker. I don't know. I don't know his name at the moment, but he was saying that God didn't create evil. It's just when God is good, right? Evil is the absence of good. So therefore that empty void is called evil. So in the sense of mm-hmm. in relation to the sermon, right? I like what you said, how if you don't have the sermon, if you're not growing in wisdom, you tend to flow the other direction, right? You're, you're slowly fading away. So the absence of the sermon is the void, which becomes evidently evil, right? Because darkness, right? God is not, not, does not align with darkness so god is light evil is darkness so yeah it's almost like it's almost like yeah it's like i think i think it's a good point you know it's like it's like if you're not filling yourself with biblical truth then obviously you know you're leaving that void open to to something else you know it's just it's kind of like same thing with uh conversion right like you know prior Mm -hmm. to knowing god you know you're you're living your life and you're trying to find a way to come to complete you right whether it's money whether it's uh, friends women etc you know you're trying to fill that void but now that in God, we recognize that God, he completes us and therefore his word should complete us as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that way we're not, we don't end up, you know, seeking other things. You and I both affirm in the sufficiency of, of scripture, mm-hmm. you know, like that's something we believe that because it's, it's God's, it's God's word. And we know that there's nothing else other than the Bible. It's pretty amazing how like this book would, would come together, you know, and I know like, it's not well the history behind that you know we're not gonna that's not being discussed in this episode but the whole but the whole point is we see how like you know throughout thousands of years between the the old testament and new testament ultimately you know all of that came together and that it's it's amazing how all of them end up going together you know especially like you have like verses that are parallel that go in between both testaments you know just to show the constant um what do you call it the continuity you know between uh, each one and therefore you know we recognize that uh, God's word is a uh, uh, not just uh, sufficient, but it's a it's a I believe it's a completed it's complete. You know, like there's nothing else to be added to it. Yeah, I think there's a there's a verse that says in the mm-hmm. Revelation, right? If you shouldn't either yes. or remove from from the word of God, mm-hmm. there's like I guess kind of like a plague shall be sent upon you or something. That was in Revelation. Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah. That's kind of like intense, but. I think that's important to know that when you're trying to, mm-hmm. I guess, discern in your life, mm-hmm. when you have the wisdom God's given you, mm-hmm. you can see things from his perspective, you know, yeah. like, when I think Proverbs says, you know, you don't, you shouldn't dwell with those who are not, you know, who in folly, right, who are seekers of blood, all those things that, that, yeah. that are not godly, like we should have the sermon to know what, who we choose in our life, what friends should we have, oh, yeah. what we read, what we watch, that, it, you know, it could be a movie or something, but Having that discernment, you know, that heart is like, oh, should I rewatch in that? You know, am I really, I'm strong, but do I really know? But that's why the word of God is important. It's our godly lens on life, how God sees it, everything we should see. Yeah, here. yeah, I like that. It's definitely a good one. Well, as we continue looking at how the word of God equips us, uh, another practical point here uh, I would definitely recommend for Christians is, you know, learn to be noble Bereans. So if you mm-hmm. read a, in the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 11, 
So uh, the Apostle Paul, right, he was just preaching. You know, he's doing his uh, missionary uh, journeys and he was all over the place. And he had uh, visited, he had previously visited uh, Thessalonica. Uh, the Jews basically try to attack them. And then he ends up going to Berea, uh, where he preached to the Jews there. And uh, on verse 11, it says here, now these Jews, right, meaning the ones in Berea, uh, were, no, were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Mm. So you see, first and foremost, how they were more receptive than the Thessalonica Christians, because if you read earlier in the chapter, it says they try to attack Paul. They don't mm. want to hear it. And here you have this other group of Jews. They were more than willing to listen to it. And I think that's very, very key, you know, like when, when it comes to biblical truth, like first and foremost, you know, you have to listen to it with, uh, with an open heart, be, be eager to listen, have a good, you know, especially if the, that preacher in particular, let's say he's preaching against, he's preaching against sin, right? Something that unfortunately is not really being preached on today, but let's say, yeah, that person is preaching on sin, you know, naturally you might, you might get angry. You know, and say, well, who's that person to judge? Let me live my life. You know, I'm under, I'm under grace. But for those who are wanting to grow in the Lord, they'll say, you know what? Maybe, maybe I should examine myself. Mm. You know, maybe I need, maybe there's some things I need to repent of. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe I need to ask my pastor to pray for me or, or ask for some type of accountability. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But that goes to show, like, you're, you're eager to, to receive God's, God's word because you're letting it speak to you. And then secondly, apart from being eager, says, you know, examining the scriptures daily to see the things are, these things are so. And uh, it's crazy because remember, this was Paul who just preached them. You know, Paul, he penned what, like 14 of the New Testament letters. Oh, yeah. God used them tremendously, you know, definitely a theologian of his day. It's held in high, in high regard, you know, today. But even then, you know, as much as God had used Paul, these people still had to look at the scriptures for himself yeah. and see what Paul saying was true. You know, and unfortunately, I think one mistake, well, several mistakes that people do is, you know, they don't examine themselves, examine the scriptures, right? They don't, they don't examine what the preacher tells them. They automatically, you know, applaud, right? They clap, right? And uh, <laughs> they just say, man, oh my God, that was amazing. You got to check this preaching out, you know, without <laughs> any reflection, which reminds you of this one time several years ago, there was a, a preacher at a church and this was like at the end of uh, a service. But he was a preacher who from a different country mm -hmm. and you know the pastor asks oh can he share some words of encouragement and this pastor he spoke from uh, john uh, 14 right where uh, jesus says i go and prepare a place for you mm -hmm. right wow. well before i tell you tell you the rest of what, what you said i want to ask you dan like what what does what does jesus mean when he says i go and prepare a place for you it's basically heaven, right? You know, your 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 second home, your eternal home was in heaven. Mm -hmm. God is, you know, he's waiting for you, right? You know, when he told the, the thief on the cross, right? You know, you'll be with me in paradise. Yes, in paradise, yeah. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. Good. That's awesome. You know, and then that in, in John 14, he was telling that to, to his disciples. Yeah. But this preacher, unfortunately, I don't know. I don't know what happened to him. I mean, it's pretty mm -hmm. obvious what Jesus was trying to say. Mm -hmm. But this preacher said that when Jesus says, I go and prepare a place for you, mm -hmm. he basically meant that, oh, it was about you receiving your healing, wow. uh, miracles, breakthrough, right? Wow. You know, it was just psyching the whole thing up. And I, and the congregation goes wild. You know, everyone's like, hey, man, hallelujah. And basically, and I see the the senior pastor, you know, he's standing on the side and, and he's clapping. Oh, wow. And 
I was not too thrilled to hear that. Mm. You know, I'm like, like you don't even have to be a scholar to to really understand the word in context. All you have to do is read it and and look at it in context look exactly at what the passage is trying to tell you not just simply a verse or you know a term but actually the whole thing you know that gives you a a clearer picture and when you don't do that you're just gonna listen to whoever like the story i just mentioned and just you're just gonna go along with it and uh, you know it's said in first john right for first john 4 1 it says you know beloved do not believe every spirit but test it yes do not see what they are from god where many false prophets have gone out to the world. And, you mm-hmm. know, First John itself is like, kind of like recommended for new believers, right? We say with John and then First John, because uh, they are the same writers, as well mm-hmm. as supposedly, but then yeah, I think that's important that once you know the gospel is right, the foundational, the milk, now you're growing in maturity and, and having to meet. You're able to discern through the word what is rightly taught, mm-hmm. as First John 4, 1 says. But um, yeah, you know, we were on that, that, that that phase of our lives as christians right yeah where, where we took everything for what it is and they're like oh you know the problem you know with christianity today is that you know we need more blessing we need more divination we need more prosperity but god says i'm sufficient right you know my mm-hmm. grace is sufficient in your weakness right you know he mm-hmm. said in my weakness things that in, in the first corinthians oh yeah so i think the problem is that we depend on pastors leaders teachers as our source of biblical truth rather than the bible itself yeah and i think and and i think there's some issue with that as well because i think because you know and and there's nothing wrong with appreciating your leaders of course you know we should pray for them and you know and thank god for placing them i think people are at risk of idolatry where Mm -hmm. they elevate the pastor so high that they don't see their faults and nor do they recognize that perhaps what they're teaching might be might be wrong that they could be potentially Mm -hmm. twisting scripture Instead, they just praise them, and that's it, you know, unfortunately. And the deception goes on and on. So, again, we have to be noble Bereans. We need to examine the word. And not only that, we also are to uh, expose the works of darkness, right? Mm-hmm. Ephesians 5.11 uh, states that, that we are not to take uh, any part of fruitful works of darkness, but we are to expose them. Paul warns in Acts 16.17 that we are to mark those who are, are false mm-hmm. and avoid them. But what do you say to those who perhaps will tell you, oh, but I don't want to call them out by name. Mm. I don't want to name anybody. I don't want to put them down. Like, what would you say to that? Well, I think for my experience, I I tend to go publicly instead of, as the Bible says, right? Do it mm-hmm. in private and, you know, go with grace and humility that mm-hmm. want to warn that pastor, that leader, mm-hmm. whoever teacher that what they're doing, you know, what mm-hmm. they're preaching is not biblical. And it, it, like I said, it comes with a lot of grace, humility, and a lot of prayer, right? Oh, yeah. Because if you don't have those things, you, you can tend to come off as judgmental and, I guess, overbearing in a sense. But yeah, in regards to those false preachings and who we can't talk to directly, right? Those that are on TV and things like that, we can go again, go back to scripture. Sure. And, you know, if you have people who you know, like, like uh, for me, I lead a Bible study and mm-hmm. our our importance is context of scripture, getting back to scripture for what it is, yeah, historical, you know, the hermeneutics and stuff, which is important. Yeah. So yeah. when you're when you're when you're when you're listening to a sermon, right, you can read for yourself where they're where they're quoting from mm-hmm. and you can kind of like decipher is it aligned with the word or yeah. are they kind of like adding to it? It sounds right, the message sounds good, but is it actually accurate? Yeah. The other I think I told you a while back in a sense of my mm-hmm. girlfriend. She was at a preaching when I was, I came with her, okay. and he was reading. 
I think it was Hebrew or something, Hebrews five or something. And she, she looked at me, she was like, when I look at you, I'm forced to read the scripture because now I'm, now I'm thinking, is this right or wrong? And obviously it wasn't correct what the preacher was saying, like what his context of scripture was. So I think that's important that you have that kind of building others that you yourself have to be the light and sharing what is right and what is wrong in scripture. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? And going back to it, like what I was just saying, like, you know, we see Paul, Paul warned about false teachers, you know, he actually, oh, yeah. he named them uh, also in the epistle of second John, he warns against like certain false teachers. Uh, Jesus mm-hmm. called out the Pharisees, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously oh, there's God. a, there's a place to, to call them out. Obviously we're not trying well, it's not really about condemning them because obviously at the end of the day, only God can condemn, right? Only God can truly, truly judge them. But we can point them out and say, hey, you know, you need to watch out for so-and-so, right? Just like you would want to point people out of any danger. Can't You can't make that uh, obscure. You have to be, you have to say, no, you have to watch out for, for this and that and stay stay away, you know, because it's, it's dangerous. Yeah. Okay, so uh, that's our, our second point when it comes to discernment equip ourselves through God's word. And then our, our third point, when it comes to discernment, discernment is to be prayed for. So obviously we need to pray for discernment. Discernment here in James 1.5, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. And Psalm 119 verse 25, it says, I am your servant. Give me discernment that I may understand your statutes. So there's nothing wrong with praying for discernment. Right. Like apart from reading the scripture, we should ask God for discernment because, yeah, sometimes you may read the word and you might not even you might not understand uh, what the word may be saying to you at first. Or perhaps perhaps you've read the word several times, but, mm-hmm. you know, God all of a sudden reveals something in the word that maybe you didn't realize before. And, mm-hmm. and it could continue and it could probably be something that you may have uh, needed to hear. You know, and um, I really appreciate it when um, uh, Solomon Right, right before he would become king, yeah. right? God had asked him, like, you know, what do you want? Like, uh, mm-hmm. I'll give it to you. Do you want, do you, you want power, etc. And he's like, no, like I need wisdom. Yeah. You know? right. And God and God honored that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, not only will I give you wisdom, but you're gonna be, you know, most powerful king in Israel. You know, unfortunately, uh, Solomon would would fall later on, but you know, that was a, a prayer that you know God honored, and I think God honors it when we ask Him for wisdom. Yeah. Because we recognize that God, first and foremost, is the source of wisdom. We know that Jesus Christ is the, the wisdom from God. And secondly, it makes us depend on him. We would have faith in him, you know, because apart from him, we can we can do nothing. Yes. You know? Well, yeah. And I think Jesus said it best in Matthew 10, 16. Mm-hmm. Says, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep. Okay, yeah. Wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. So yes, you know, in the end, you know, right in, in these last days, we know that there is going to be a lot of false teaching, as Paul and Peter and a lot of all of the apostles wrote about. But we have to be careful, like as you know, as Jesus said, right? Be wise as serpents, you know, be careful, discerning, like seeing things how God sees, but also being innocent as doves that we come off as Christ-like to be the to be the light and the salt of the earth. Yeah. So it's like two aspects. It's like a balance, right? You had to be, yeah. you be loving and, and you know being there for those for those who who are lost in this world. And to continue to encourage the church, but at the same time to be careful not to be drawn away by like things around you, right? To discern mm-hmm. for false prophets or yeah. whether it being a stumbling block to your your neighbor, right? So there's so much aspects, but you can't know these things if you don't read your Bible. That's the main point. Yeah, definitely, man. I 100% agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very important to know that stuff. 
All right. So in our final last, last point, I want to really just end on a word of encouragement. I know like it's been tough, especially for us personally, where, you know, we, through our own experience, whether we, we ourselves have not really been rooted in the word or even seeing people that we know not really rooted in the word and just in the state of America and throughout the world, just seeing just deception go on and on. And, but at the same time, however, you know, we need to uh, remind ourselves that first of all, God is in control, right? He is sovereign. You know, God doesn't fail and that God will always have a remnant. He'll have, he will always have a people that is ultimately dedicated to him. Those are people who are, those are the true Christians. Those are the ones who are, are truly saved. You know, they're not Christians in name only. They're not people who just simply say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. I go to church. No, but these are people who, yes, they're not perfect, but these are people who will persevere to the end. And uh, I think about the story of Elijah, first Kings 19, where you know, he was under the threat of Jezebel. You know, she wants to kill him. He flees, you know, he wants to die and we see him in a cave and, you know, God, you know, he calls him out. You know, Elijah, where are you? And Elijah, you know, he's, you know, he's panicked, but God encouraged him. He's like, you know, there's, there's 7,000 who have not bowed their, their need to bail. Mm. And that's something very powerful. And Paul kind of references too in, uh, in Romans chapter 11, where he talks about how, you know, he was discouraged that the Jews were not accepting God, but he brought that verse up from first Kings 19 that know that they're, you know, there are those who have not bowed their feet bail. And he recognized that God will, yes, perhaps even Though that all some of the Jews will, you know, reject God, but he recognized that no, that some will ultimately be saved. And the way I want to apply it here is that despite the fact that a lot of people are being deceived, a lot of people are compromising and falling away, uh, there will always be a, a remnant. Amen. And I think that's important to remember that God has already written what's going to happen in the future, right? Oh, he yeah. knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We don't know, but he knows. And yes. he knows who are true followers, right? When the Bible says, uh, my sheep know my voice, right? I am mm-hmm. the good shepherd. Christ is the good shepherd. And those who hear my voice will know and recognize and follow after me. That's it. Yeah. So in the end, he's in, we're, we're going to know, right? And I'm not saying that we should, I guess, enclose ourselves and just wait for that time to Christ returns, but right. we'll have that opportunity to, sh- to share that those who have been called that's true. to light. Yeah, it's definitely a motivating factor, you know, and recognizing that because there's a remnant, we can definitely practice discernment. We can equip ourselves with biblical truth because we know things are going to get bad. I mean, things are bad now, things are going to get worse, but we know that we'll be able to continue forward. We'll be able to equip each other. You know, that's why we're doing this, we're doing this podcast, right? Because we want to equip you guys. You know, we want to equip the, the church, the true church with sound doctrine and biblical truth, you know, because there will, there will always be, there will always be people wanting to see God, you know, even if it may not be, May may not be a lot of people that you know, but trust me, we're we're out there and we're we're gonna keep going, you know. And uh, I have uh, right before we close out, I just want to share two things here. The first is a little graphic that I found online, which mm-hmm. kind of correlates to what I, what what we were just sharing. It says here, and I quote: "If you feel like you're all alone as you take a stand for God, just remember." Uh, and to give you like a list here, uh, number one, only eight people got in the ark. Mm-hmm. Number two, only four people escaped from Sodom and Gomorrah. Wow. Number three, only David stood against Goliath. Mm-hmm. Number four, only Elijah stood against the prophets of Baal. Number five, only three Hebrew children refused to bow to the king's idol. Wow. Number six, only one woman anointed Jesus' feet. Mm-hmm. Number seven, only one apostle stood by the cross of Jesus. Being a true Christian can get lonely. 
but being part of the heavenly minority is all worth it in the end. Wow. Okay. That's, yeah, that's very powerful. That's you know, a, that's a great reassurance, it's, right? It's very reassuring. And I think you know, and we as moving forward, as you said, right, we'll be doing these things, and you know, some some of you may listen and kind of question, mm -hmm. right? and but that's a good thing, right? We want we want you to think about what we're saying. Is it true? And like the Bereans, I right? said so the Bereans test is, test the spirits. If we're, what we're saying is accurate, and if not, you know, you can call us out. You know, we can reach out. But I think sure, yes, definitely. We we still we 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 fall short every day. Oh yeah. But it's only by the grace of God that we are allowed to do this podcast. So I definitely appreciate that as well. Yeah, man, uh, it's so it's so true, you know. And we have to yeah continue to press forward. You know, and and get ourselves equipped with the the word of God. You know, as His church, as His remnant, a lot of us may be uh, separated far and wide. And, you know, especially with this pandemic, I know it definitely seems alone. But at the end of the day, God is still His work, and He will ultimately have a a, a bride waiting for Him at the end. And uh, we we shall take a stand. You know, in this moment in time. Amen. So uh, the last thing I wanted to share here is just a quote from the Prince of Preachers, uh, Charles Spurgeon. He says here, I warrant you that we should be leagues ahead of our time if we kept closely to the word of God. And this was something that he had shared in a sermon to, to ministers when he was alive. Of course, if you want to check out that sermon, you could uh, look it up. It's called Charles by Charles Spurgeon, uh, How to Read the Word of God. You know, you can find that in, in written form online. And totally, I read this quote several years back and, and it always blew my mind because it made me recognize that when we hold on to God's word, you know, we don't need anything else. And because guess what? The culture is always going to change, right? There's always going to be trends. There's always going to be some new teaching, new ideology, right? It's going on in the world. And unfortunately, a lot of kids, children, young people are being indoctrinated in schools, uh, you know, with certain things. Unfortunately, a lot of things have been being creeping up into the church, all these ungodly influences. But if we hold fast to God's word as our primary and only source, and guess what? We're, we will be, we'll, we will trans, we transcend the culture, meaning that we'll be, we'll have all that we need to, to navigate ourselves, you know, throughout this world. We don't need anything else to direct us. It's, it's God's word Amen. that dictates how we live. Amen. So any, any last words, Dan, before we close? Um, yeah. You know, as we end out the series for this, the, the call to the sermon, mm -hmm. um, I just pray that we all definitely give an, give an account of our lives to examine ourselves in the faith and just trust that whatever is going to happen in the future, that it's all in his hands already. And like you said, right, we are the bride of Christ and he's going to, he's going he's gonna, to he's preserve us even in times of uh, persecution and times where we are going to be called, you know, things that as our ancestors were called, right. And they were obviously they gave their lives for it, but to know that they, they rejoice yes. to the cross to, you know, them, some sufferings, it's massive tortures and stuff all that mm. so that's our that's our kind of our reassurance that we can rejoice in the lord the joy of the lord is my strength in all time whether i'm up and down when life's troubles come god is my my refuge and strength so i, I encourage you all just to continue pressing in and reading your word and the holy it. spirit and just know that he is good at all times amen amen yeah. all right well there you have it uh that's our uh, episode on on the sermon. Uh, I highly recommend that you listen to uh, the previous episode first to give you just a foundation on what we talk about. And then, of course, this episode where we shared uh, several practical tips on how to build a sermon. Uh, I know 
it may sound basic, right? Um, you know, firsthand, right? Read the word and pray. But guess what? A lot of people aren't really doing that anyway. So get yourself rooted. Pray that God would guide you. And, you know, if you're looking for a church, that he would put you in a, in a sound church, you know, as well as with, with people who are like-minded in faith, who are, who are willing to stand for the truth. All right. So uh, God bless you. And we'll stay tuned for our next episode on the For Your Soul podcast, the podcast for your soul. Take care. Bye, guys.